This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 89. And if you want to know my top five tips for how to deal with people who get on your last nerve, then stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Well, hello, hello, Dr. Abby Medcalf here, which I'm assuming you figured out by now. And I'm coming at you with my top five tips for dealing with those people who get under your skin. I've just had this come up a lot lately uh, with people in my practice, with friends, and dare I say myself, yeah, I know. I talk about love and compassion and kindness and my patience and all that good stuff, but let's be real. People get on my last nerve too. Uh, You know, I'm human. Of course they do. This happens to all of us. It's never about assuming that no one will bother you. People will bother you. It's about how you handle it when somebody gets under your skin, when someone's bugging you. So I'm going to jump right in. Today is not going to be a super long broadcast because I really want you to take these tips and go running with them. Just do it. Get out there and make it happen. So I want to say first things first, I could teach you a hundred quick tips for dealing with people who get on your last nerve. But if you don't remember to use the tip, the tool, the technique, it doesn't help. No. This means 
You have to work on your self-awareness and your mindfulness. I know you are probably sick of me saying it. I don't care because you got to go do it. There's just, again, if you get in those situations where the tension is up and you're bothered and you're not aware of it, you're not mindful in that moment in the here and now noticing what's happening, it doesn't matter. It's going to be five hours later and you're going to go, you're going to face palm and say, oh, I should have said this or, oh, I wish I had done that. And you know it. And so I want to avoid that. I want you to be able to do the most wonderful thing right in the moment. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I did the whole month of of October um, last year in 2019. Uh, I did the whole month of October about self-awareness and mindfulness. So you can go back in the podcast. I'll link to a couple of them in the show notes. How's that to get you started? How to make mindfulness a habit and that kind of stuff. Uh, Four ways to be more self-aware. I'll link to them right in the show notes so you don't have to go searching. You can come to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast, episode 89, go to the show notes. And uh, I'm happy to you know give you a little a little heads up. And I'm also, because I am all about the love, you know I'm about the love, I'm going to give you my mindfulness tips starter kit. So if you want to, again, come on over to the show notes page or wherever you uh, download the podcast, you know, come on over. We'll we'll link or we'll link this there, and you can get you can download my mindfulness tips starter kit. Who doesn't want to have that? There you go. So uh, just get on that. So. But I'm going to say this, even if you are not a self-aware, mindful ninja, you can still practice these quick tips I'm going to give you to deal with anyone who's bugging the you-know-what out of you. Okay. So there you go. I know. It's going to be great, right? Tip number one. So let's get right to it. And this is actually one of my favorite tools that I use in a lot of different ways, and I'm going to give it to you now for this. And I call tip number one, do you want to die on that hill? <laughs> so that's that's the first thing that should give you a hint about what I'm going to talk about. But this little tool is really cool. Picking your battles is important, but sometimes it's hard to know when you sh- when when to hold them and you know when to fold them right should you say something every time your boundary is crossed in some way should you not it's hard to know wh- where that is sometimes and even if you're mindful you can be in that moment and go huh is this is this it is this am i just overreacting am i not so here's my answer in the way to know and i again use this a lot I use a scale of one to six. And the reason I use a scale of one to six is because you can't pick a middle number. So if you use a scale of like one to five, right, you can pick three and it really doesn't give you much of an answer, but one to six. And and here's how the scale works. On the scale, one means not important at all. Let it pass, let it go. And six is I got to draw this boundary firm right now. I am My boundary is being trampled and I am unhappy with this other person. I got to say something. And so anything that rates a four or above is worth saying something about. So that that just kind of gives you that when you when you use that sort of meter to know. And for the rest, I just want you to be Teflon. Just let it go. So if I had um, a... Uh, I've had something where, for example, my, you know, I was talking about my lovely mom. I love my mom, uh, but I I do struggle sometimes with her. And um, if she says something, she likes to say things about my hair. 
she she often comments on my hair, <laughs> and, and especially because she lives in Florida. So when I'm down there, um, I'll have my hair up in a ponytail a little more often. You know, it's hot, and I'll have it up in a bun or a ponytail. And she always says, "Oh, it's so pretty off your face." You know. You should always wear it off your face. And then when it's not, uh, she has, there's little things she says to let me know she's unhappy with how I have my hair. But to for me, that's about a two. I can take a deep breath and let that shit go, right? I can just breathe through it. Okay, I don't love it. Here we go about my hair again. But it's really, I really can let it go. She, she's just being her. It's, I should expect it at this point, right? It's, it's not, it's been going on a long time. So I could just be loving and, you know, just say, hey, I, yeah, I know you like my hair back and just leave it there. However, if she, let's say she says something to my young daughter that would make her remotely self-conscious about how she looks, I'd be all over that. That, that to me is going to be a six right out of the gate. If she's talking about, you know, I don't know, her hair or her body or her looks or something, I, I'm not going to be okay with that. So, and that, then I would say something. So hopefully that gives you a good idea of how to use the one to six, how, how to use that. And it really comes in handy with so, so many things. So there's your first one. Use the one to six scale to figure out if you want to die in that hill or not. If you want to say something to this person who's on your last nerve, <laughs> this is one of the ways to know if you even should. So that's my first tip is if you even should. Tip number two, which really helps, is to assume when, not if. In my experience, people are way too optimistic when it comes to how other people will act. Having these high expectations of how others will act is, to me, a very big mistake over and over. And this is one of the reasons, you know, I say it a lot, you have to have high standards and low expectations. Too many of you out there have it backwards. You have low standards, you have crappy standards, and high expectations. you'll accept all kinds of bad behavior from people, but then get upset when they do it, when they're treating you poorly. You can't go there. That's that's not allowed. You got to have that standard up and draw the boundary. And this is when people are getting on your last nerve. It's because generally they're trampling some sort of boundary with you. And they are, uh, in this case, what I'm talking about is when you're just uh, they're getting on your last nerve because you're expecting way too much. You're just thinking that. Now, again, I want you to have those high standards and once again, I did whole podcasts on this, so you can you can go listen to those. I'm not going to spend all of today talking about that. Uh, and again, I'll link to that in the show notes for you, so you can go find those easily if you want to come over to the abbymedkef.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 89. You can get more information on that. But basically, I you've got to have low expectations. You should be ready for not great behavior. I'll, and I'll tell you, this comes up a lot when I'm driving. I'm assuming people will drive like jerks. I am assuming it. And I really don't get truly upset on the road. I'll I'll complain about the Prius in front of me going too slow. I see you with your KPFA bumper sticker. Um, I'll I'll complain about, you know, someone drive without the blinker, driving in the far left lane and on the highway and and doing 60. Uh complain if you turn without your blinker. Yeah, I'll say stuff sometimes, but I'm not I don't really I don't get like road rage. I don't really get in, uh, upset because I really am assuming 
people will drive crappy. And so I drive very defensively and I'm kind of ready for them to be doing that. So I, I tend to not get into bad situations because I'm really driving in that way. But you know, if you're that person who thinks everyone should drive great and be so kind to each other and let each other in and, you know, puppy dog tails and rainbows when you're driving, you're going to be disappointed a lot. <laughs> and your people are going to get on your last nerve. So really understanding that you need to think about kind of that lowest common denominator a lot. And the other thing is don't assume that people act like you will act. Again, all these assumptions get in your way. But the the biggie is that I want you to be thinking that when X happens, what you're going to do, not if X happens, right? So when it happens, not if. And if we think if, we get, again, disappointed. It means we're assuming it won't happen and it sets us up for hurt, for unhappy feelings. And it's definitely harder to be calm and loving when we're coming from that place, as you might imagine. So if you're prepared and you think when X, then I'll Y, right? When this happens, I'll, or when something gets said, whatever it is, then I'll do whatever. You can role play a little. You have it already in your mind. And usually it's because it's already happened. So you sort of know. And you can, when you start approaching things differently, you'll have different results. That's the bottom line. That, you know, that great definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So if you think in your head, if my coworker makes a nasty remark, then I'm going to say um, something like, I'm not clear why you'd say something so hurtful to me. Or maybe you're thinking, if my dad says I shouldn't be offended when he teases me about my weight, then then I'll, I'll let him know that I'll no longer tolerate his kind of behavior and I'll leave. If he, you know, teases me about my weight, I'm done with it and I will get up and go from whatever we're doing. It's when you have it, you you really want to role play a bit and have exactly what you want to say at the ready, because in those moments of tension, it's hard to remember what you wanted to say. And you know, I'm telling the truth. If you practice a little and really think about what you'll do when X happens, you'll be ready and you'll be calmer in your response, which will uh, really bring you to a better place. And now, now I know, because I've said this to some clients, this little thing, the when X, then all Y, I'll have clients say, but Abby, you always say to accept, you know, to want the best in people and not to focus on the negative and blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. But this is actually how I think you don't focus on the negative. If you're already prepared, you know, just, oh, well, with me, right? My mom is probably always going to comment on my hair. When I always know that, then I'll, and in my case, then I'll I'll take a breath and be as loving as I can be in that moment. You know, there you go, done. What, it doesn't always have to be some huge response, but I have it right there. I'm reminded. And guess what? The more I do it, the easier it gets. And the more I'm not focused on the negative because she's not getting on my nerves at that point. <laughs> it's just something that I'm Teflon and it, and it rolls right off, which is a beautiful thing. So uh, be prepared. Think when X, then all Y. Okay. Tip number three. Remember, it's a choice to stay in whatever relationship this is. And you need to think, and this could be work, this could be romance, this could be your parents. I don't care. It's a choice. It's a, If you're an adult, it's a choice. If you're a kid listening, which I, I'm amazed, I'm so impressed if you're listening and you're under 18, um, but I'm assuming, you know, everybody listening is over. 
you have to, it's not a choice. It, it is a choice to stay. When you're under 18, it's not so much a choice. You know, you have to be with your parents or whoever, but over you get to choose. And the thought usually that gets in the way is what you've already put into it and your fear of, or maybe it's your fear of loss or being alone or finding another job or, but usually the biggie, the reason we don't leave a job or relationship or whatever that we've been in for a while is because we are this kind of loss averse. And I, and I want to take a minute and talk about the amazing work of Nobel Prize winner, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. They had numerous, numerous, numerous publications uh, that where they showed that people are incredibly loss averse, again, won the Nobel Prize for that, and prefer to hold on to what they have in the short term, even if giving up a little will get them more in the long run. Isn't that incredible? That's how loss averse we are. So, and in addition to this, people prefer the known to the unknown, even if what they know makes them miserable. Yeah, so you don't wanna leave that job even though you're miserable because, right? Because you, you know it, you know this misery. And uh, and Kahneman and Tversky describe an unconscious thought pattern that they dubbed the sunk cost fallacy. And this is really what, they, what the Nobel Prize came. I, th- I think uh, Tversky was dead by the time he got the prize. But anyway, uh, comment for that work together. Uh, but don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, so the sunk cost fallacy is this thinking that, and again, we're not even aware of most times, it's unconscious, but it keeps us in places and relationships that are toxic. It, it It's incredibly powerful. And it happens because of your mind's propensity to focus on what you've invested in something and how your mind doesn't want you to lose what you've put in. So that could be time, time you've put in. It could be the effort you've put in. It could be money, emotion. It it doesn't, it it could be a lot of things. There's no logic to this way of thinking. You, you know, you can't get back your investment, whether that, whether that's yours at a job you hate or all the time and emotion you put into a negative relationship. You, you cannot get that, but you can't get your time back. You can't get your money, but you know, that's gone. Yet we will stay because of this sunk cost fallacy. We think we've already, uh, have something invested and I'm going to just keep going. It's it's the equivalent of throwing good money after bad where we just can't stop. So so life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're, if you're choosing to stay in any relationship, you need to get some ground rules set. 
now maybe you don't think you can leave your relationship with your father, even though he drives you crazy. He's your, you know, he's my dad. He's, it's my dad. Or maybe you think you can leave the relationship with your, you can't leave the relationship with your partner because of uh, finances or children or just not wanting to be alone, any of these things. Whatever the reason, you want to be aware of the sunk cost fallacy and make sure that you're not acting from that place, that you're being logical and reasonable. And uh, sometimes, oh God, I, it wasn't too long ago, I was speaking to someone, this is not a client, but, and uh, he had been in a relationship with someone, a woman for, gosh, like a year and a half, and they were in their uh, late 30s. And, you know, he really wanted to become a dad, and she wanted to get pregnant soon, and she was, you know, the clock was ticking. And as I was talking to him, it became clear that he really didn't like her very much, or and that you know, that there wasn't, there was some love, I guess, but, and talk about a sunk cost, you know, and he kept saying, well, I've already been in it this long, you know, at my age, I don't want to start again. I hear that at my age, I don't want to start again. And that's craziness. That is such craziness to decide to, you know, I'm going to have a family with this person and I'm already off to a bad start. Ugh, bleh, bleh. I don't like that. So, so I just want to say, really think that stuff through and, really think about what your reasoning is. So once you realize that it's your choice to stay, you also realize that it's your choice to decide how you'll act with this person who's bugging you, who's on your last nerve. This all comes down to this drawing effective boundaries and you've got to decide what you will and won't accept from this person. Um, and again, I did a whole, I have a, a link to a blog post I did about uh, how to identify boundaries, you know, how to, I think I called it how to identify them and how to hold them. Um, but I'll relate to that. I'll link to that. And, but you have to have boundaries. You've got to think about what, what are, what is the things I will and will not take? What, where do things end? And notice that all of these really have to do with boundaries because that's really when people bother us. It's when, when they're on our last nerve, it's because in some way we feel like they've trampled our boundaries in whatever way that is. Even if you're giving the finger to somebody as you're driving, it's because you think they came in your lane or they cut you off or whatever that was. And again, same thing. They, you feel like that's your boundary. This is my car. I was already here. And now you're being, you know, you're coming over here being a jerk. So I also just related to this while we're here. I want you to remember that uh, related to this is uh, something called loving detachment. And this is when you understand that you can't control anyone else. And you know, I've tried, you know, I still try, but you can't. And in that knowing, you stop getting so caught up in what someone else is doing and start focusing on what you're doing, what you're doing. You always have a choice in how you react. You always, always. And you have a choice to be in these relationships in this way. You can draw boundaries to set up the relationship in a way that works for you. You are allowed. You are worthy in this world. You do not just have to say, well, it's my brother, or it's my aunt, or it's my boss. You can draw boundaries in all of these relationships. It's up to you to know your standards, keep them high, right? Expectations low, but standards high. And if your standard isn't met the majority of the time, you, you need to really think about leaving a relationship. If you've tried, if you've talked to people and they really won't hold it, at some point, you need to make a choice. And so it is a choice to stay in every single relationship if you're an adult. And you have to take that ownership and that responsibility and really think about what you can do to change things. Okay. Tip number four. Tip number four, we're almost there. Uh, 
my fourth tip is choose and be consistent. So you want to be very consistent in your actions with the people who bug you. What you don't want to do is intermittently reinforce their unwanted behavior because intermittent reinforcement is the most powerful type of reinforcement there is, and they'll keep doing whatever they're doing and never, ever stop, ever. Now, so if you don't remember, you learned about intermittent reinforcement sometime in probably high school psychology class, maybe in a college class, you've learned about it. And this is famously uh, the researcher uh, B.F. Skinner, and he, you know, remember the Skinner box and all that? Well, basically, he did experiments with animals, and uh, he had pigeons. There's a famous one with rats. He put uh, three hungry rats in three different cages, right? So a rat per cage, then they're hungry. And all of them had a lever that delivered, that was, that's where they would get their food. You know, this, they could press on the lever and get food, but it, that was the idea. But in the first cage, the lever always delivered food. And the rat in that cage was not overly focused on food and would do other things. He would play with other things in the cage and, you know, do other things. Uh, so knowing the food, he knew the food would always be there when he wanted it. So he wasn't, he didn't get obsessed with that lever. In the second cage, pressing the lever never delivered food, that poor rat. And that rat soon learned to never press the lever and had no interest in it whatsoever. Did it a few times, nothing ever happened. He, he just ignored the lever and went about doing other things, okay? But in the third cage, the lever worked randomly, meaning, so sometimes the rat would press Senna and get food and other times he wouldn't. And the rat in the third cage became totally obsessed with the lever and would press on it constantly. This might remind you of your children if you have kids. <laughs> so even though it sounds paradoxical, we're more motivated to keep trying a behavior when we get what we want some of the time. And you know this is true if you've ever had a dog and you gave him a scrap at the table and you only did it once, guess what? They'll be at that table every single day, every single day, begging, begging, begging. If they never get snack. If it never happens, they, they won't come to the table. They know there's nothing there. They'll go do something else. But if they, if they sometimes do it and sometimes don't, you're in big trouble. So, and this intermittent reinforcement can work two ways. So it works kind of two ways in your relationships. On the one hand, it, if you only keep your boundaries some of the time with the person who's in, who's getting under your skin, who's annoying you, they'll keep doing whatever bugs you over and over because you're unwittingly reinforcing their bad behavior. So if sometimes you allow it and sometimes you snap and other times you don't, whatever it is, they're just going to keep going because that they're the rat pressing on that lever, becoming obsessed with it. And on the other hand, sometimes they're they're a little bit better, they get a little better or even nicer. Like let's say you draw the boundary. And so they'll kind of come back, they'll feel chastened in whatever way, and they'll come back and they'll seem nicer. So your optimism gets the better of you at that point. And you think things aren't so bad or that your relationship is going to be different now. You, you go, oh, here it is, it's coming. And then bam, bam, you they get you again. They go back to that old behavior and again, and then you get upset and then they do it, you know, and it's back and forth. Again, either way, it's inconsistent and it's intermittent reinforcement. And so either way, you have to be very consistent with your boundaries. Make the choice, choose where you're going to stand and what you're going to say and what you're going to do and stand there 
don't <laughs> do not waver no matter what. Even if it goes good for a while and then you think, oh, it's been good. Let me give back this little piece. I'm telling you, that's the intermittent reinforcement again. So now all you've taught someone is that they can, that they only have to do things for a little while, that they can still bug you later. <laughs> it's okay. And then they're just going to try to shorten and shorten that time of how, how often they can bug you uh, because they're doing whatever behavior they're doing that's serving them. So again, be choose and be consistent. Okay, here we go. Ready? Tip number five, last tip. And this is, you know, really the most important on some level, but find the love. Find the love, people. It's really at the heart of everything. I made a little pun there, didn't I? Get it? Love at the heart. Okay, sorry, I'm moving on. I just realized it, sorry. <laughs> I need you to put yourself in the other person's shoes and find the love to change your interaction. I'm talking here about developing empathy for the other person who's bugging the crap out of you. So it's, it's, it's not as hard as you think to do this, believe it or not, and will totally change your interactions and how you feel. So you don't even need to do it for them. You don't even need to do it because you're trying to please them or whatever. Do it for you. Do it for yourself. In fact, there's there's research out there showing that being more empathetic will make you a better manager, a better worker, a better family member, and a better friend. And I'll link to all that research for you if you're one of those people who likes to go look at it. So, but I'm not gonna go into it here because you know we're talking about other things, but empathy means that you can understand or even feel the feelings or experiences of someone else. So that's what empathy is. You know, the classic being in their shoes. It, it's that whole, you know, or walk a mile in their shoes and seeing the world from the other person's point of view. Neuroscientists say that empathy happens when two parts of your brain work together. So your emotional center perceives the other person's feelings while your cognitive center tries to figure out why they feel that way. So if you can find the empathy, find the love, you'll discover that this person bugs you way less and maybe not even at all because you're really thinking it through because you, again, you get that emotional piece going of really feeling their pain a little bit or feeling what's going on on their side. And then that cognitive piece of really trying to figure out, oh, that's why they're that way, right? So I might think of my mom who, you know, grew up with a lot of abuse and other things and go, wow, she's really doing the best of the tools she has, considering what she came from, she's done a great job. You know, you can start to really put yourself in their shoes or, you know, this maybe is the way her mother treated her and she's just repeating it. And, you know, you're, you, you're putting some kind of logic to something that feels illogical, to something you're just having that reaction. And so instead, you're, you're really putting yourself over there. And here, well, I'm going to give you a quick, how about this? I'm going to give you a quick exercise you can do to practice some empathy. I'm just going to say it right now. So you can sort of figure that out. And then we're going to close up for today. So I'm going to give you four things. So you can think about so here's what you'll do. You'll think about the person who's on your last nerve, <laughs> okay? So and you can do this right now as, I'm, as we're talking. Think about someone who's been on your last nerve. And then maybe think, how, is, how has their mood been recently? How, how have they been seeming? Have they seemed depressed? They seem anxious, excited, content? I don't know, angry? What, what have they seen? And then think, well, what might be going on in their life to put them in this mood? What, what might be happening that they're, that they're this way? And what could you do to be supportive 
versus frustrated, you know, resentful, angry, whatever you're feeling. What could you do to support them? And when you do that, and again, this isn't if someone's on your last nerve driving on the highway cutting you off, obviously. This is if your boss, your coworker, your fa- your friend, your mom, your partner, whoever is is on your last nerve. But you would really you'd think about your partner and you'd think well, yeah, they have, they've seemed really, um, God, they've been so agitated lately, just agitated, you know, the kind of quick, quick fuse lately. Uh, and then think of that, well, what might be going on for them? Because that's a really important question. And if you can't answer that, you got to ask yourself, why aren't I asking them? Why aren't I talking to them? Why aren't I supporting them? Because you do want to be supportive in those situations. If your partner can't figure something out and is having a really hard time, you want to be supportive. You want to be there for them. So this empathy game is awesome because it helps you connect. Where there wasn't connection, it helps you connect. Instead of them bugging you, you start to have this empathy, you start to feel connected, and you actually start to be concerned about them and your own things, your own worries, your own upset really does either go away or diminish greatly. So there you have it. Those are my top five tips for... Uh, people who get on your last nerve and and really dealing with that so much better. And again, I to help you really get this all together and remember to use these wonderful tips, you can come download my Mindfulness Tips Starter Kit. Just come on over, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast, episode 89, and you can download it there. Plus all the different research and all the links to other blogs, all the good stuff, people. That's it for today. I hope this was super helpful. It was. It's uh, always helpful to me, even when I'm, uh, you know, creating these podcasts because I'm reminded to work on these things myself. They say we teach what we need to learn. So every week, as I'm teaching, guess what? I'm learning, and then that's always a good thing. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.